0: Welcome back to Athletes Unplugged. I'm your host, coil Jackson, and we got a very special show for you this evening. Our next guest joining the show is Stephen Tully. Uh, a guy I know very well, with all of our battles at the top of the tackling uh, yeah. tackling yeah. charts, and stemming from college all the way to the pro. So, mm-hmm. Tully, man, appreciate you being here, bro. A
1: lot of love and respect, man. You know I admire you, bro. I've been, you you brought it up, man. We've been we've been uh, <laughs> tracking each other down since our ACC days, man. Proud of you and your accomplishments.
0: Man, I appreciate it, bro. And and likewise, because we were talking offline a little bit, and I want to tell your story. And I feel like I know you because we've been playing against each other for so Mm -hmm. long, Mm -hmm. and we've always gave each other that mutual respect as Mm -hmm. a linebacker because you played the game the right way. And we walked into the league, you know, in a a time where uh, we were considered undersized. And I'll I'll, I'll, I'll tap into that a little bit later, but I want to start from the Mm -hmm. moment you put the pass on from the moment you had that passion that you, you that you fell in love with the game of football and uh, growing up in, in Florida. And because we know growing up in Florida, football is religion. Yeah, so like, if you could, yeah. in, in your own words, just kind of take me through what that experience was like for you uh, when you first was introduced to the game of football.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Good. Uh, good intro. So yeah. So 1991, man, is the first year I, I uh, I was 59 pounds. I put on a helmet, uh, 1991, and, and down in Miami, Florida, Kenilhamet Warriors. It's kind of where I started. Love the game. Fell in love with the linebacker, running back from day one. Uh, it carried me through high school, at Miami Killian High School. Um, right. uh, you know, obviously, you know, my knock on me going out of, high, coming out of high school to the college was always my height. You know, he's undersized. He's undersized. Right. I mean, you could right. attest to that. I've yeah. My whole yeah. life, my whole career, right? <laughs> right, right. And it's funny because I used to always watch people like London Fletcher and, and you know, yeah. Jesse Tuggle and those guys, you know, Dat Wynn and Zach Thomas as my idols, like guys that were on the that, you that know, were at, at a high level at the position. And, right. uh, you know, that's kind of what motivated me. But I, I did get scholarship offers from a lot of schools, Ohio State, um, NC State, you know, a lot of, a lot of ACC schools. But uh, some schools, you know, when they saw me, they withdrew the offer. Miami, when they came to my – Really? They saw my size. They took the offer back. Florida, when Zook was there. Coach Red, he took my offer back. You know, you know, I, – I Really? Buy- I've
0: you never buy- heard of that. I've yeah. never heard
1: of that before. So I, I didn't pass the eyeball test, but uh I took my journey to NC State where, you know, it was life changing for me. You know, I was able to do three years of college there. Obviously, you know, to be honest, man, I, I never really said it, but like, You know, just following you, bro. Like, I ain't gonna lie. Like, I used to every week I check the stat chart to see where you were at. I knew you were doing 10 plus a game, like, I I knew that was gonna happen, right? So, I knew I had to get on it, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, you, yeah. by, you know, I, I always you know, I always had a lot of respect for it, but I always wanted to kind of keep up with it. you know, mm-hmm. me. And you always wanted to in the ACC when we played, no the, doubt. The day, so, uh, but yeah, man, that, that was the journey. And obviously, you know, obviously you were, you know, you, you got drafted ahead of me in, uh, in the 2006 draft. Uh, mm-hmm. I think in the second round. Am I correct? It you know, should have yeah. been the first round, uh, in my opinion. But hey, uh, we all should have been first round. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I was fourth round, one sixteen. But uh, it was humbling because uh, you know, just the opportunity to get in the lead and to uh, showcase my ability was all I wanted was opportunity. And uh, shortly after, became a starter.
0: Yeah. So was there any? Any point in your life where because I know, listen, playing football is is tough as it is. And you deal with all the external things that goes on And as you start as a when you start playing the game, you get through high school and you go through and you start to see the business side of it. Let me ask you this, because I've had I had someone that was in my corner from the first moment I put on the helmet. It was Mm -hmm. someone that I could confide in. That was my role model that Mm kind of can keep me away from the B.S. that was going on. Did you have that person? Uh, what aside yeah. from your parents, aside from your parents, yeah. you have someone um, within the community that's like, hey, man, yeah. you know, you got a gift. You need to, you know, someone that was always been with you to kind of see you through this process.
1: Yeah, I, I had obviously a, know, a little coach and stuff like that. But I think when I got to the lead, you know, my first week in minicamp, rookie minican' never forget David Thornton. You know, he he mm. was that, that, you know, you know, David very well. Oh, yeah. David, DT. David was, yeah, <laughs> He took care of me. Man. He said, <laughs> like, he's, he's yo, right. let me tell you something. There's, there's, there's a couple ways you go in this league. You can follow XYZ and you know, buy the right. chain and run around and do all that. Or you can right. be a professional pro, you know what I'm saying? So he brought me to Goldsboro, North Carolina, showed me how he ran his foundation, you know, how he was community, you know, man of the year. And, and I just emulated that, you know. Right, and, and, right. You know, He laid the foundation for my Walter Payton man of the years that I've had in my career. He laid the foundation for my foundation, you know, taking off and being able to help, him, you know, lives across, you know, uh, Detroit, Tennessee, and, and Philly. You know, he really, you know, I owe him a lot just to, you know, to teach me how to be a pro and how to conduct myself on and off the field. And, and yes, sir, no, sir. And you know what I'm saying? Just kind of well, see, I out.
0: think that's the difference with, with you because a lot of guys we know once we were veterans in the, in the National Football League and when we had younger young guys come up underneath us, right. we would try to you know extend our hand, extend our right. knowledge. And a lot right. of times, a lot of these young dudes didn't listen. Right. Like, what was I mean, you say it so nonchalant, but like DT is a great dude. You Know oh. I know DT personally. We had the same agent when I was in Indy, right? You know, he's a player uh development guy there. But like you listen, like what what was the difference between you and and I guess what I'm saying is you had to have the passion for it you to seek it out. And you actually listen. It's no right. different than a lot of guys we played with who, you know, have financial advisors, have all these different advisors, and you can have them, but if you don't listen, then why are you having them? Right. You know, uh, what what was what made you why were you different in a sense? Because I want to touch on, I know you're a humble guy, and I'm I'm trying to bring it at you because I want okay. the view the viewers and the listeners to know like you played your ass off at the linebacker position and you were you had the talent. It was like you had a you had the talent, but you had this like underdog mentality. Mm-hmm. And every time you suited up, every time I saw you play from NC State to to Tennessee to to Detroit and the one year in Philly. Like, you always played with that passion. Where does that passion come from?
1: My mom, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I, I, I walk yeah. in humility and gratitude, man. I, I live my life right. like every day. Even my business, like, I'm just humbled and thankful for the opportunity. You know what I mean? I, I pinch right. myself every day just to even have the opportunity to, to put that jersey on, bro. You know what I'm saying? Right. When right. everybody told me I couldn't mm-hmm. do it, you know what I'm saying? When everybody doubted mm-hmm. me, but I believed in myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I put the work in. Right. came camera right, and I left late. You know what I mean? Right. I, I fought through adversity. You know what I'm saying? And so, I think that chip my shoulder, even to today, like people telling me I can't do something, it, it's still it's still in me. You right. know what I'm saying? Because right. they doubted me. But uh, I had a true mentor later in my career named Eric Thomas. He's a motivational speaker. Who? Yes. He and yeah. he are great friends. I'm actually going to Atlanta this weekend for his uh men's conference with Dion and Inky Johnson. But okay, know, he, he taught me a lot about just you know humility and gratitude, and you know we became friends and just uh just you know walking in faith, man. You know and just putting your best foot forward and treat people with respect and being a leader. You know I mean? A leader is not mm-hmm. one that says I'm a leader, but just leads by example. And right, you and I both right. know, man, one of the greatest feelings is, is right before the season starts when you're voted captain and you put that seat in your yeah, chest. Yeah. Yeah. Really, a big that's big what deal, man. my lead Yeah. Right? Same, yeah. man.
0: Yeah. That's a big yeah, deal. Man.
1: Man. So put that <laughs> skin in your chest. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that to me is the ultimate success, man. When your peers, you know, vote you as that one of three players to walk to represent right. them, you know what I'm saying. That right. means you're doing something right. Yeah, so that, I, I never that. want to let them down, and I just want to come show up every day to practice, show up every day to work, and lead by example because I know that you know those are the 52 guys depending on me.
0: Yeah, that that's the one jersey I will not give away. The one that has the C on my chest. Yeah, like that one is that one is framed up. Like I get mm-hmm. it, man. It, it's a big deal. Right. So you touched on. I want to go back a little bit in terms of you know something we we spoke about offline before we started recording about when we walked into the league. We were considered undersized, right? And I was barely soaking wet, six feet soaking mm-hmm. wet, six feet with no shoe, like barely to right, the scale. Yeah. And the brand of football, the culture of football that we walked into, everyone was saying we were undersized, and we probably got drafted rounds later because of it. Because mm-hmm. during those days, this was you know probably earlier side of two thousands, late nineties when we're in you know uh, high school or what have you. The typical linebacker was 6'2", 6'3", 245, 250 pounds. And for us, we were anomalous. No right. one really – everyone questioned our durability. Would they last right. in this physical environment mm-hmm. of the National Football League? Mm-hmm. When I go back and I think about some of the things that I did for my body, and I didn't realize that until probably the midway point of my career. Right. Like what? when you go back and look at your career – you know, you, you, you know, proving people wrong, as you say. And, you know, you talked about some of the college uh, scholarships being pulled away from you right. when they, when you didn't pass the eyeball test. Correct. Yeah. What were some of the things that you can attribute to to say, you know what, because of my size, you know, how did, how did you use that to your advantage? Because you play for 11 seasons. No one right. falls. It, th- that doesn't happen by accident. You had to actually put in the time. You played the game above the shoulders. Obviously, from a middle linebacker standpoint, you're the signal caller. You're the guy that everyone runs to if they have a a mind, you know, blimp or whatever, doing it before the snap. So, what, if you go back, is there something that you can attribute to and say, you know what, because I did this and because of my size, I was able to, you know, be successful early on and have a career doing it?
1: Outworking everybody, Uh, studying film. Yeah, I was a yeah. film junkie, man. I ain't going to lie, man. I watched yeah. so much film. Yeah. Um, just because I know that the, the the margins for error being in my, my position is very slim, right? You know, the, the final reason, right? The final reason, he can't, right. Right. you know, you know <laughs> the final reason. So I think just from a film film study perspective, and then, you know, having you know mentors you know, during my career, like Zach Thomas, great friend of mine, mm. who I spoke to on a regular, you know, London Fletcher, I'd call him on a regular, you know, yeah. Gary Blackett, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, these guys, yeah. You know, who yeah. are on the side, yeah, bro? I'm five seven, three, four, and three, three quarters, bro. You know, what I'm five eleven. Five eleven, you know what I'm saying? But, but I got heart, bro. You know what I'm saying? And so, right. man, I, I right. tell you, man, I run through a wall for my teammates. You know what I'm saying? I run yeah. anything yeah. to show them that I'm about that life. You know, you'll never see me half, you know, half-ass a play. You know, you know, jog. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like me and you would, we would run to that ball. You know yeah. We knew yeah. we, had, we had a number in our mind. We had to get every game. <laughs> you, know what I'm right. you know Right, you know, right. had to be there. So uh, you know, I, I'll say the testament to the, young, the guys before me who were undersized, who, who did at a high level, just following their lead, using them as examples, and just not like, want to let my teammates down. I think were the biggest things that propelled me to kind of keep that state of mind, to, to play a long time. And as you know, the NFL, the average is three years, right? And, right. and every really are trying to find a way to replace you. You know, right. when you got right. injuries in this league, you got to play through them. You know what I'm saying? Because you mm-hmm. might not get your spot back.
0: Yeah, you're you know right. What I'm so I played through a you're lot of
1: right. in my career, but I knew I had an opportunity of a lifetime, a lifetime of opportunity. And I, I don't want to let that up.
0: So Tully, you know, obviously you was extremely productive in the National Football League and in college. Was there anyone or any one of many players that you wanted to emulate your game after?
1: Yeah, I think at the top of my head, uh, three guys who I really loved to watch play was uh, Zach Thomas, right? Uh, London Fletcher. Oh yeah. You know oh, yeah. What I mean? and, and, you know, and Ray oh, yeah. Lewis. I think those guys, mm-hmm. uh, from the middle linebacker perspective, they, you know, they, they, they demanded the huddle. They demanded the field. And you had to count for them every play. Uh, right. Whether it's a right. power, scraping tight, whether it's running on the mill in Tampa, 2, uh, <laughs> right. They always showed up, and, and uh, you could let their teammates depend on them, and, and they led by example. But you know, those guys paved the way for guys like us to, right. to have a hope and understand that it doesn't matter how big you are, as long as you can play on, on a consistent basis and be deep a long time.
0: Yeah. So man, I, I gotta ask you this question because we both played a long time and you started off with, I want to say your defensive coordinator was Schwartz. Am Jim I making Smith, that Jim yeah. Schwartz? So in Cleveland, you know, I played with a lot of different coordinators coming in and out of the door. But right. there was one on the back end of my career where, you know, it allowed me to it allowed me to actually use my strengths. And was I was doing something that i never had been able to do before. And that was play behind the line of scrimmage and, and pressure more and mm-hmm. blitz. And and I know you know as well as I do. in training camp, when you got to go against the running backs, the one-on-one mm-hmm. pass rushing drills, mm-hmm. that was my that was my bread and butter.
1: Right. Like
0: for years, I always would tell myself I'm like, I'm not losing a rep. Like cool. that was that was my that was my drill. Yep. And so in Cleveland, you know, I would always say, like, man, you know, why am I? You know, six and a half yards from the fun. line of scrimmage yep. and I gotta open up and play cover two and like and I'm, you're not you're not playing to my strengths. Like I mm-hmm. can run and do all that, but it was like I developed this reputation of just being a tackler and I couldn't do anything besides that. My question to you is, was there any point in your career where you realized like man, I could be doing X, but you know, I just hadn't found the right coordinator, the right scheme to really use my assets to the best of my ability. And the other part of that is, you know, do you have a favorite court defensive coordinator that, when you played for him, you was like, you know what, this is this is who I am as a player.
1: It's funny, man. <laughs> out, of, out of my eleven years in the lead, Jim Swartz is my coach of nine of them. Right. Oh, that's right. Crazy, that's right. That's right? So he drafted. That's me. right. I was the second round. I was a second, You know, back in the days, it was two days worth of draft. Right. We had first through third, and then fourth through you know seven. Uh, Swartz, they were about to draft somebody else. Swartz went to bat for me on draft day and drafted me in the fourth round. So, when I went to Tennessee, I was a special teams player the first year, and that became a start of my second year. And that was because of Swartz. I mean, I, I've always had great D linemen, bro. I've had Albert Hainsworth, you know, I've, I've had Kyle Vandenbosch, you know what I'm saying? Man, I've had, I've through, yeah, you know yeah, yeah, I've had, I've had yeah great right D-linemen in front of me. So I'd always, you know, Albert, man, Albert two gap. He's just, you know, he had to be. In yeah, and you had
0: him, you had him in his prime when he was he he, he one prime, to play, right. right, right,
1: right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I always made those guys right. You know, they went A, right. I went B. They went B, I went A. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because I knew they were, were free-ass right. players, and that fit the suit of their style of play. Right. So I was able to, make, you know, make a lot of plays off of them. And, and uh, you know, Schwartz was one of those guys where we used to have to add, right? And my, a lot of my sacks came off of adding. Yeah, you know same. What I'm so they won't call, call them blitzes for me like that. You know right, what I'm right, right, right. you're one-on-one coverage, I know I had to get to my back as fast as I can. Right, so this people my don't only opportunity. So, so <laughs> people don't
0: understand. Now we're talking like LB language. Now, so what right. what he's saying is, in man coverage, typically the linebacker inside linebacker has coverage over the running back, right. and because you played in a more of a cover two type of scheme, more of a right. zone scheme, you really didn't get a. You're never called all that often to go oh. blitz. And as a linebacker, we're aggressive people on the field. So we want to play that way. Mm-hmm. And so what add on me is if a running back blocks, it's a free blitz. We, we called it, uh, in our scheme, we called it hugging your man. Yeah, hugging your man. Yeah, hugging your man. So you had to take the air out of, take the space from him and where you are. And if he's in blocking, it's a free blitz. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, you know, and I know what happened it happened to me. Happened to you, Well, When when Ray Rice was at his at his prime in Baltimore, you know he knew how I played the game because we played each other twice a year. So he knew I would hug Russ as much as I could, right. and they they hit a screen on me, bro. And he took it for like seventy some yards. Yeah. But uh, it it was right. you you gotta play, you're playing with fire.
1: You're Playing with but, fire, but uh, uh, I mean the good plays outweigh the bad. You know what I'm saying? You're right. Right. Rings, you know the mm-hmm. average, but uh. I think you know, Swartz did a good job with me, man. Knowing my side, knowing my position, knowing where I was at. Being with him in, in Detroit, in Tennessee for, for you know, you know, four years. Going to Detroit with him for three years, then going to Philly. You know, he brought me over to Philly for a year. He, he knew what fit my scheme and, and hit that wide nine, and
0: you know, I yeah. you know, had the two edge
1: yeah. rushes and, and me controlling inside the tackles to be able to man man that up. And like you said, we're a lot of we were zone, right? So you know, we cover three the quarters, you know, and I, you know, I mastered the, the, the cover two position running between the train tracks. So, you know, he knew what to get out of me. You know, he knew my strengths right. and weaknesses. He knew where right. to protect me over the top of certain places, you know, mm-hmm. running the seam with three, you no know, three receivers on the field. You know, that safety cheat over there that kind of helped me. Hey, listen. <laughs> <I ain't laughs> listen. He, knew, he knew he knew he knew where I was at. <laughs> right. You know, where I was at. Right. He, you know, when, <laughs> He knows right.
0: right. I need some help. Oh man. Help. Anytime, anytime that three by one set will come up and we're in any type of quarters coverage. Right. And I got a fat and they put a, a faster guy and that typically three. should be there at the number three spot. I'm looking at that, hey, hey. I'm like, hey, 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 I'm gonna leave
1: right over <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, I'll take it i take a blow, but, but just me over the top. <laughs> right. You know right. What I'm
0: so I gotta, so obviously, you know, you had a ton of success on the field, but I want to touch on at this point some of the philanthropy work that you've done yeah. and you were you were a pillar in the community again you were the walter payton one of the a nominee for the walter payton man of the year award which goes to the player who pretty much exemplifies you know uh, uh you know his work in the community and the nfl you know recognizes that and that doesn't go that's a that's a huge award to even to be to even to be a nominee for let alone win it so uh much respect to you on that So where does does that, I know you talked about your passion coming from your mother and just you having this mentality to outwork everybody. You know, some guys can't, don't have the ability to play football and as much time as it takes to be committed and watch film, take care of your body, and also spend that much time in the community. Can you touch on like where, where did that stem from? Because I know it, I think I read someplace you, there's a school, Mm -hmm. some years ago, you built a school in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. Is that right? In honor of your mother. Can you touch on just how that philanthropy piece is a huge part of who you are as a person?
1: Well, I I always go back to my mom, right? Uh, Man, I I grew up in a nursing home. My mom was a private nurse. A lot of my time I spent was in a nursing home while she worked overnight, uh, pushing patients around, taking them upstairs for bingo. Uh, Just seeing her commitment to helping people was kind of like the motivation that I had. So early on from uh, elementary school to high school, i uh, just been involved myself in the community, uh, just kind of help out, give people what I can and service and, you know, going to, going into NC state, same way, you know, uh, you know, we had time off. I'd go to different schools or shelters and try to provide food. That's kind of who my mom was or his. Uh, but when I got to the NFL, I know we had the platform, right? We had a platform to be able to reach out to people. We can never imagine reaching out to. So All I right. started Student the foundation right after my rookie year in 2007 uh, to help underprivileged kids and women with breast cancer, um, you know, so shortly as I started the foundation, just started adopting different schools in Nashville, Brick Church Elementary School, just different schools, uh, Turkey Drives. You know, I'm, I'm really falling on breast cancer. And uh, a good friend of mine in high college, his mom passed away. So I wanted to, you know, gear some towards breast cancer. And a good friend of mine died from uh, high school, died from cancer as well. So uh, for me, it was important to utilize that platform uh, to be able to reach out and help people right. along the way. Um, You know, and that transferred to Detroit and started the Operation 55, where we adopted 55 uh, Detroit public schools, providing school materials so the kids can kind of have a better better learning opportunity uh, to take the next step in their development. And, uh, you know, breast cancer events, uh, you know, and uh, those things. But uh, I think the biggest thing that uh, out of all this that we've done is is building a school in Jamaica, which you touched on. uh, Our mother's hometown of Westmoreland, uh, Jamaica, and and close to Negro. Uh, as a kid going to Jamaica, I used to always see these kids in the street. And I like, my mom, why are these kids in the street? Nobody goes to school. So yeah, Stephen, there's no school for the kids to go to. Wow. So that stayed in my mind since about the age of seven years old. And when I had the opportunity to obviously have the means to provide it, to pay for it, uh, my foundation helped raise money. We went to Jamaica, we found some land, and we built the school. About 180 kids named Mercedes B. Tullock Infant School, uh, wow. which now we're working on our second school now. But uh, it's it's been a blessing to be able to, to pay it forward. And it, number one, it made my mom happy. That, you know, that her hard work didn't go in vain, that she she laid the foundation for me to kind of carry that legacy on and give back and pay it forward to people. And I've been blessed with the opportunity to have so much. And I know it doesn't come from just me. It comes from the man above and from her hard work, you know, on her back to be able to play the platform for me to have this, to have this, to do it. And so I enjoy it. Uh, I love giving back. I love helping people. Uh, I started my brand, Cir- Circus Coffee, based on giving back and helping people. You know, I just find enjoyment and God continue to bless me along my journey in life by doing that. And so I just enjoy it, man. I love everybody. Yeah,
0: yeah. That that that's awesome, man. It's funny when I go back and you think about your time in the NFL and you think about legacy. Like, what do you want your legacy to be? Mm-hmm. And I, again, I followed. You know, you're 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 my guy, man. I, I'm always going to follow you. I always have. And so let's touch on your Circle House Coffee. Can you talk a little bit about how that concept kind of came about? And are you a big coffee drinker? Like, where? How did that kind of uh, show its head?
1: Yeah. So, you know, right before I retired, I I just started buying buildings and land Uh, in South Florida, Florida. I just, I was buying, I was buying three story buildings. I was buying land. I was buying single, uh, uh, single standing buildings. Yeah. uh, Just because I knew how my transition was coming and I wanted to kind of capitalize. I love, I love love commercial real estate, man. I don't don't, don't a good amount of it, but, uh, uh, you know, just one particular building that I'm in now, my first location, man, I, I, uh, I Bought this building and I was like, What am I gonna do with it, man? I looked around, I like, mean, there's no drive-through coffee shops located in, in downtown Fort Lauderdale, you know, which is a, a thriving area. So, let me, let me be the first one. So, I went to coffee yeah. school in Seattle, Seattle, Washington, a school called Seattle Breach Academy. To you said you went it. to coffee school in Seattle, yeah. Went to That's school. a coffee school, yeah, yeah, Seattle
0: Breach. Never, Academy. never, I'm
1: learning, I'm yeah, learning ne- never, never right I- knew it myself. I googled it, I found it, I flew out to Seattle. Wow, and it changed my life, man. It changed my life, you know. They taught me how to make it. I came back, uh, you know, I hired my teacher to be my consultant. He'll fly in town every couple of weeks to help build the brand mm-hmm. Then he became my general manager. Uh, we built the brand and we have two locations and, uh, you know, we're drive through like start Starbucks, but it's circle house coffee, giving back one sip at a time. Our mission yeah. is to, you know, to get back to, you know, to local global communities one sip at a time. And, uh, you know, we've, we've been able to help, you know, uh, cancer patients. We've been able to help schools with the Cuba don- donate a bunch of stuff to Cuba, school, school material, Jamaica, So you know, we try to tie this brand into giving back, and that's what it's all about. And uh, that's awesome. You know, we're thriving.
0: That's all. Is there is there um, anything in the name Circle House? How'd you come up with that?
1: So when I came up with Circle House, you know, it's a circle of people, right? It's a house. So if you look at my building in both locations, you'll see white, black, just a variety of different people. You know, typically around the time I think when I opened up the Circle House Coffee, there was a situation in Philly where there was a black individual that was in the coffee shop that couldn't use the bathroom. And they kicked them out and they called the police to, to arrest them right my time right. when you go into coffee shops you know you know it's, it's not really like that you, you it's really it's predominantly dominated by one culture you know what i'm saying Right. And right i want to have an right. environment it doesn't matter if you're you know you're straight gay whatever black white it's just it's just love when you come in this building it's all about love and one mission that's giving back and paying for it and helping people so when i created the brand on godaddy.com for like 107 dollars I got the yeah. palm name. Um, I wanted to, you know, have a, you know, with a circle. If you look at the shirt here, it's a circle. Yeah. Ron is a cup, and it's a ray. That, the rays symbolize it, giving back. You know, we, we right. just give back. Right. This is what it's all about, right? And so that's, that's all. our mission, our goal, and and just having that one place where everybody can get together and and kind of, you know, pay it forward to other people.
0: Oh, that's dope, man. That, that's a great story. I'm glad I asked that question because I, you know, it, it, you're a linebacker, man. I know how you got. I know how you think. So everything mm-hmm. has a meaning. Everything has a purpose. So I want to change gears for a second. I don't know if you want to talk about this or not, but I have to bring it up. Um, During your time with the Lions, Mm -hmm. you know, I remember, I don't know if I reached out to you when it happened, but it was a play that you, it was a play you made. It was a sack you had on Tim Tebow. I got to bring it up, man. I don't know if you want to touch on it or not, but uh, you had a sack on Tim Tebow and God willing, you had a great play and, can you, can you can you can you walk me through what the hell happened
1: next? So which one is what? Because there's two of them, the right? One, the Tim, there's two the, of them. No, the Tim Tebow is the one where I did the knee, right? I, I t- oh no, me. no, the one, the, yeah, one where you, the, uh, the one with
0: Aaron Rodgers. You, you tore your knee up. Yeah, right. Aaron Rodgers. So that man. was Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah, man. man,
1: crazy. So you know what, man? It's, it's, I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly what happened. Right? Out of all
0: the crazy things that happened playing, yeah, the yeah, game. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, so I'll tell you exactly. So leading up to that game, I remember pregame. Like us, uh, you know, you know, I had the jumbo Shawn Stephen Tuller one hundred and fifty nine straight games, uh, hasn't missed a game, and it's his career, right? I'm like, oh, oh man, no, I'm like, okay, I'll find out. Okay, cool. And you know, and I play Aaron. We, we play Aaron twice a year, man. And I don't know if you played Aaron. I'm sure you played him. And Aaron, yeah. Aaron talks that smack. You know?
0: Yes, he he's like yes. Philip Rivers. They
1: don't talk that smack throughout the game. <laughs> right. you know what right. I'm
0: Right, right. And, and, uh,
1: and I actually, I got him on a hug blitz. It was it was, it was a single coverage. Um, I think uh, Tracy, one of those guys, stayed in the block, and I got up. And when I jumped, bro, like it, it was almost like surreal, right? I came down, boom, blew it. You know what I mean? That's and and I, I tell you, That's man, I've played – I've never missed a game in my career, little lead high That's school and uh, man, it was one of the most surreal. I, I thought I got shot or something, man. I, like you know, somebody wow. I, I fell on something.
0: But you you felt it immediately. When immediately. It
1: I don't know. You, you tore your ACL before?
0: I sprained my MCL. Oh, never okay. never tore my ACL. Man, it,
1: it, it's a pain like no other. It's a pain like no other. But for me, man, oh, to be honest with God. you, the way in which it happened, you know, obviously, you know, you, you don't anticipate that happening. It was one of those moments of my life, adversity, right? You know, number one, I, you know, I jumped All up right. to celebrate. I told my ACL celebrating. Right now, I'm looking at myself like, damn, you know. I mean, obviously, the whole world seeing it, right? You know, it's it's not the best look, but at the end of the day, I know who I am and how you know how I play the right. game. And I was on bounce back right. from it. Rehab, yeah. play one more year in, in Detroit. Uh, obviously, you know, went to Philly for that last year. But I think you know, I was off to the best start of my career that game that year, man. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Was, I know I, you were killing I was, it. I was killing. it. I ain't a lie. I was off to yeah. my career. So. And we went to the playoffs that year, but you know it's on one of those unfortunate situations that you know I look back now like man, you know what, you know I, you know and I don't know if I'd do it again to say this, do it again, but you know I wouldn't change. It,
0: it was gonna happen regardless. It was it gonna happen gonna regardless. Happen re- you know, it's just yeah. the way in
1: which it's the way in which it did happen.
0: Yeah.
1: But just knowing who I am and and and, and what I stand for, I just kind of oh you like, bounced back right. on that. Right. And, uh, right. Just got got healthy and got back at it. But as you as you know, man, when you ever have an injury like that, it's hard to regain that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you come back, mm-hmm. you're still a good player, but you're not the same. Right. Guy.
0: right. See, I don't know what that so that, that's a good point. I've had you know a sprained MCL, but nothing major in terms of a um ACL. ACL is a huge, oh, it's huge. That, that's big. And for us, with the, the lateral movements, you gotta trust your knee, you gotta trust your gait. right? And so you start,
1: start thinking about it, right? So now you're out there, right. you're moving, but you're like, damn, I don't want to go out out there. You know what I'm saying? You're not, you're not just uh, past tuition. So I was able to get two more years and make some good money. You know, outside lines kept me on full Saturday. Then after a pay cut, Swartz took mm-hmm. care of me. I went to Philly. So I think the, the the longevity piece of that is, you know, how you conduct yourself in the lead and how people right, respect you. Right. You know, we always talk about it, it's a hidden myth in the, in the locker room. I'm going to try to steal one know Right,
0: right, right. But
1: the, but the respect level. And only way you can get to that point is if, if coaches and, and, and the lead respect you.
0: Yeah, you were uh you, know you, you carried you yourself the right
1: way. You know, I know right. what this guy is, yeah, I know what he's on the field. Right. The field. He might not be the right. same player, but he's the added value to the team. he's the asset. No doubt. And no doubt. And that's how it was going to Philly.
0: Yeah, no doubt. So so what was it, what was it like playing in Detroit, man? Because listen, I think we had similar careers in terms of you I, you made the playoffs once in Detroit, is that right?
1: No, no, come on, now. no, right. no,
0: no, no. No man, listen, listen. Only made the playoffs one time in my whole career, bro.
1: I know, I, I know. You played for, I know you. For, I, I, <laughs> I so, don't. Did you, did you that
0: game. We we got to the. It was the AFC Championship. That's when the whole DeflateGate oh, okay, thing yeah, came, yeah, yeah, came yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, that that was. But that was a that was one hell hell of a ride, bro. Like. Making it to the playoffs that one year and get into the AFC championship game. That was the first time, you know, I always get nervous before every game. Like I, they used to call me Willie B. They used to call me all type of stuff, man, because I would have to throw up. If I didn't do it before the game, there's been times I'm in my linebacker stands, bro. And let it go. Just letting it go. So, but that game was different because I knew it was only one game on. There's only four teams left, and only one game was on. So it was like a different type of energy, bro. Mm-hmm. And I was nervous as hell. Right,
1: right You hey, know, right, that
0: right. was I was in year nine at the time. So mm-hmm. that nervousness carried over in the game a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was it was a crazy, crazy feel, man. It, it's hard to really put it into words, but it's one of those experiences that it was the best year of my career, hands Did you, down.
1: Who'd you play, the Patriots?
0: We played the Patriots. Played yeah, the Patriots, that. and yeah, uh, yeah, they blew that. us out. Blew us out. I mean yeah. it. You know that whole ball being under deflated. Yeah, it wouldn't yeah, matter. Yeah. We got our ass whipped, bro. They yeah. they will die the, the lineman was scoring touchdowns. I you
1: saw know what that man? big boy. Yes. Yeah, see yeah.
0: And, and and that was my fault. I'm like, no. how the hell am I supposed to know? Because so after so after that game, they changed the rule because before it was once you checked in as a extra old lineman, right? Uh, at the time, you had to stay in that. One alignment, you can't, you couldn't Mostly. switch and do all yeah. this other stuff. But at least after that game, well, what well, I'm sorry, you have to report every time you're in eligible. after that. Right. So they reported one play, they did it off, you know, they he lined up normally, and then the next play, he didn't report. So, as a signal call, you know, you, you're not the, counting for him, yeah. The the ref will say, hey, you know, 52, uh, 75 is eligible, but the second play, they never said anything, and I had never experienced that before. Even the coaches were confused. Right. We we had a set where I'm like I'm a like, man I'm like what the right they with don't my have enough is. like what yeah 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 bro it was it was on me bro but they end up making a rule like every time you report you got they, they gotta they gotta let you know they gotta let defense know yeah. but uh so so what was it like in, in Detroit man you got because listen I I dealt with it in in Cleveland it was rough it, it taught me a lot about why I played the game and my love for the game because every year I don't know if you felt the same way. Every year, I always thought it was going to be the year we get over the hump. Regardless, of, you know, we played, we won three games, or four games, or six mm-hmm. games. It didn't matter. Every year, I thought I could be the difference. I thought my side of the ball could be the difference. But you know, it it, it wore me. And when it was time for me to leave, I tell people it was a blessing. They did me a favor because I can right. still play at a high level. Right. And, and another year or so, man. I'm, I'm glad I was, I was going before I did, you know what I mean? Right. Another year or so of that and understanding how the business worked, We weren't, you know, going after the top free agents. We were selling out eight games a year. So the owners at the time were the owner at the time was, you know, he was filling his quota. So I was starting to feel like, man, we're, we're not in the business of winning games. We're in the business of like you know stop like piling that. draft picks and making money. So when I got out, they did me a fucking favor. Oh, right. they did me a favor. Right. You know, I, How would
1: you feel about your your time in in Detroit? Man, to be honest with you, my time in Detroit was good, bro. Um, I Mm -hmm. think uh, leading up to uh, getting to Detroit in 2011, they hadn't been to the the playoffs since 1991 uh, when Barry was there. So we we got to the playoffs in 2011. Swartz, you know, know, obviously right after the lockout we came in. But we always had a foundation. We had a quarterback in Stafford. You know, we had Megatron. You know what I'm saying? We had Pettigrew. We had some good tight ends. We had some good pieces at running back. And our defense was always pretty solid for the most part. Right. Did, did you play it. with uh Big Baby? Did you play oh, with Big Baby? No, Big Baby had just left. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, you, okay. You, you were out there in Cleveland with him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Big Baby now, just left.
0: That's he bad, was probably man. the best out of all the D-line, and you played with a lot more star-studded D-linemen mm-hmm. than I have. But like Big Baby to me was probably the most athletic dude, mm-hmm. hands down, pound for pound. Right. I, I used to hoop with him. Bro, he could dump. You know he can damn near do me. a windmill. Yeah. yeah, yes, bro. Best athlete I ever seen on the jug machine with the receivers one handed. Easy, Snatch, Easy. Them. Snatch yeah. them. But uh, yeah,
1: I actually yeah. I, I play with C Dub too.
0: Oh man.
1: Oh C Dub, animal now.
0: Oh my goodness. that's my bro. guy. Great, good, bro. Dude, that's Gold's my. Gold.
1: It was, was C Dub yeah. and a Dominican suit at a You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I was good. I'm behind that
0: wow you know oh, man! no no i uh, felt i felt the difference playing behind them two dudes once yeah. big baby and dub came into play man. you knew you had a chance yeah
1: you knew, yeah you knew you knew you, knew you, knew you had a, a chance game, you know what i'm saying and if you didn't play again they'll call you out on it like bro what no are you doubt, no, you know doubt. What
0: saying, no doubt bro no doubt, no doubt. No doubt. and, and, it, and but, it goes uh, to show like how much they they knew the game you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I, I, I love that, bro. Like, I used mm-hmm. to challenge other D-linemen. I was like, hey, man, you know, this is what I'm thinking. If you get reach, I'm going to take your responsibility. Right. You don't up. Right. It's very simple don't once you that. figure it out. Right. Yeah. Don't pop yeah. that. Commit yeah, to it. I'm going right. to make you right. I'll make right. you right. Yes, and a lot of D-linemen don't un- didn't understand that simple concept. In the moment, they just forget about what I said and how we play and you know, just end up having two guys out of place and out of place. I think gap as you, you, you take
1: place. the position, you build a rapport with your tackles, right? You know how they mm-hmm. play, they style of play. They know how you play. If they get overreached, they know that you can feel it. You know, they're counting on you, like, bro, I let you down, right. but I know you got me. So we had right. each other's back, right. you know what I'm saying? We never took right. gap. We just stayed in it, and we played off each other. I think that's the biggest thing for my career in Detroit is, you know, I had a rapport with, you know, Indomitian and Nick Fairley and, and, uh, and those guys and C-Dub, you know, just to be able to – uh Play off of them well, but my time in Detroit was great, man. We were able to make the playoffs. We're always in the running. Obviously, you know that that team in Wisconsin was always a problem, right? Green Bay was always mm-hmm. the top mm-hmm. dog, right? We you know they're like the little <laughs> right. brother. they were like the big guys. So <laughs> right. Getting past them was always hard. But uh, I think you know we made the playoffs two years out of my five years there. Um, we had one of the best runs Detroit has had in many years. In, in, right to that time. But obviously, now you know you know things have kind of went backwards. Coach Caldwell, one of the greatest coaches I've ever played with. I don't know if you yeah. had a chance to play with him at all. But I've met
0: him before. Met,
1: yeah, unbelievable person. Yeah. A man of God, a man of character and wisdom who uh took over at the left, who propelled us to another playoff, playoff run. Um, but you know, we had a great time. The staff is amazing, the city's amazing, the fans, as you know, you know, diehard fans for 20-30 years, as Cleveland yeah. is as well. You know, yeah. no matter what the record is. Every year, they, they take going on side because they, they love They love and believe in their team. Right, so, right. So great fan Man. base in that perspective. Yeah.
0: Now, I you know, I, I don't think I've ever. I think I might have, may have been injured. I don't know if I played in Detroit, may, may maybe for a preseason game. Okay. But I don't I don't remember. There's there's two stadiums, or one stadium that, I never played in. I don't what, know if you played in was was, that? Uh, in Seattle.
1: Oh man! I, I was injured.
0: No, nah, I was injured at the time, man. I was oh, injured, man. and that's the one place I feel like I played pretty much at all the nostalgic, you know, stadiums yeah, around the league. All of them, yeah, but yeah. but that's one that, man. You know, you hear about like hear the crowd it, noise, man, and the noise, the way it's kind of you know the right. stadium is, on but I never of of had it. a chance. Yeah, never had a did chance you, to play. That it.
1: stadium, that stadium reminds me of Clemson. You know, how Clemson Death Valley. You oh play yeah, play. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's on top of you.
0: Right, It's kind of the
1: same way. It's deafening. It's definite.
0: So, do you, you still uh, – speaking of college, do you, you still keep in touch with – or not keep in touch, but you still follow what NC State has been doing lately? Because yeah. I have no idea.
1: You know I do. You know I do. I don't know about Maryland. <laughs> what you got going on over oh, there? Oh,
0: hey, listen, we, we're in the rebuilding phase, bro. We're in the rebuilding phase. I
1: mean, you've you been rebuilding <laughs> since you left.
0: Hey, that's, that's fine. I, I'm going to stay with it. I'm going well, to stay with it, bro.
1: The best years, the best years, you've earned the boys a – you know, man, we're out there, you know, lights.
0: Same out. for y'all, man. Save for y'all. I remember I, man, I don't know if you remember this game, but uh we were playing it down at North Carolina, down at you all home stadium.
1: Yeah,
0: and it was I think it was a battle for the ACC at the time. And we lost so who was the run? I think TA McClendon. Yeah, it's
1: was a November game. It was a November game. I remember. Yeah,
0: yeah. I and remember. he all y'all had to do was not fumble and turn the ball over.
1: Yeah.
0: And literally. Every play we were saying, hey, strip the ball, strip the ball, strip. and we got a strip. And you know, I remember I remember that play like it was yesterday, bro. But mm-hmm. I remember we ended up winning the game. Yep. And we had to run off the field because I remember yeah. the fans was throwing battery, throwing God knows what, bro. And I remember mm-hmm. running off the field. And I never and to that day, I'd never been in a situation like that ever before in my life. Yeah, you yeah, fans, I
1: remember you guys ran out the field and uh yeah, it was a home game for us in November. And we beat you guys. We went in. We were in, and we yeah. lost. We we didn't make it that game. Yeah, I remember man, that. Man,
0: that was that it was, was one real. of the highlights, man. Man, you played with a lot
1: of. Man, I'm looking at. Man, I played. I, I played. I played with a lot of guys. You mean Mario, Mario Williams, you know,
0: Manny you know, Lawson, Manny
1: Lawson, you know, Lawson, you know uh, uh, Phillip Rivers, you know, philip you know, all those guys, man. We had, man. We had, we had a real good team. I've I, I been blessed and fortunate enough, and as you know, man, the relationships that we built throughout the course of our career is amazing. The you know, guys mm-hmm. we grew up playing Madden, playing Madden with, you know what I'm saying? Right. Randy Moss right. is my guy. You know what I'm saying? Right. I used to be running right. my to go to school. You know what I'm saying? had <laughs> to right. the phone up and talk smack with him. You know, there's the people that right. grew up across our lives, man, that we grew up idolizing, now we become friends. And I think that's mm-hmm. what's so special about the brotherhood of this league and this organization that we've been a part of and fortunate to play with is the relationships we've been able to encounter and, and to hold our name true and never burn bridges and to have the respect of our peers I think it's the ultimate, 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 uh, you know, respect and, and sign of uh, of goodwill and good fortune. And I'm just so thankful to even have a relationship with you and everybody else. You know, I've had an opportunity to have throughout the course of my career and life beyond football. We're still, still love and still a brotherhood that we can always no contact each other, text each other, whatever you need. And there's love. No. So, I want no, to I, touch on. I want to touch on this, man. This is the little yes, linebacker yes. book that I wrote. You know, talking about you know basically our us, right? The, the story of the Yeah. You know, being told we couldn't do it, you know, if people tell you in life you're too small, you can't do certain things, man, believe in yourself. That's all that matters, man. Be your biggest fan, your biggest critic, and don't let anybody tell you you can't do nothing. As you know, long as you put your mind to it, you can envision it, anything is possible. So this is and for where? us, man. This is for us.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, what can I purchase that?
1: I'm, I'm going to send one to you, to your son.
0: Yeah, I'm so, going to say, let me, let, uh, can
1: you tell, what What can yeah. we, uh, No, you text me, how, I want to send it to you Okay. Love. Okay, okay. You know, obviously, but I want to write something in there just for you and your son, but, uh, it's okay. a good book. You, you get it online on Amazon. You can get it at uh, Barnes & Noble, different stores. They sell them. But uh, I want to send that to you, man, because it's just Yeah, that, heck, man. We, we, we,
0: heck we yeah, man. that, Oh, I, I'm yeah. here, man. I'm, your, I'm one of your biggest supporters, bro, from afar, and I, I need to, you know, let you know that more often, man. I need to let a lot of people know that more often. Yeah. Uh, so let me ask you, speaking of relationships and friendships and cultivating that, you know, those, those, you know, cultivating those relationships from, you know, being in a position of playing in the NFL, how did the Eric Thomas... Relationship kind of evolved. How did you guys
1: meet? Oh man, so I was in Nashville, 2007, and he he just came out with a uh a a, 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 a skit. Uh, you gotta want to uh succeed as bad as you want to breathe. Mm-hmm. And I used to watch it every day before every game, and I, I would always start shedding tears because I wanted to succeed so bad.
0: Right.
1: And so right. I I I, I go I, I found out his name. I went on to uh Facebook and I sent him a message. I still save it to this day. I say E.T. man, I saw that you had, you know, this little podcast, they would love you come speak to my school, Brick Church Elementary School. Mm-hmm. He, said, he messaged me back, hey, look, man, you know, I'd love to be there. I can't be there, but send me your address, I'm gonna send you a package. So yeah. he sent me a package to give to the kids. Uh-huh. He said, You ever in Detroit, man? I can do for you. You know, let me know. So when I went to Detroit as a free agent, I told Schwartz. I said, "Schwartz is a guy named Eric Thomas, I'd love to have him come speak to the team. Because yeah. Schwartz absolutely. So I, I had E.T. come in, we spoke to the team. He got us all fired up and we became like this. You know what I mean? Wow. I tell you, man, a guy who has changed my life. You know, I, I FaceTime him right now, he'll answer the phone. And, and
0: does he up. does he really like breathe that? So for people who don't know, Eric Thomas' is this, E.T. is a motivational speaker, but he's not your traditional motivational speaker. He tells you the truth. He's honest mm-hmm. and he puts you on the spot. And he makes you think about hell, am I working hard enough to achieve yeah. this goal that I've been i put in front of me? So right. I've I've Paid attention to his work for many, many years, man. Oh, man. And yeah,
1: he, he, he's a hes a vital part of my life, man. He, he's a cornerstone to be, you know, I'm going to his conference, you know, this Friday for the men's conference to be a better man. Like he's helped develop me long, long beyond, beyond the game of football to be a better person, uh, to be able to kind of, you know, hold myself accountable in many areas. Um, and he's that guy. You know, I love him to death, man. I, I tell him all the time, man, you know, you're, you're, you're well renowned, but you and I have the relationship. Why me? He said, man, it's just, you have it, you know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. you're a good yeah. person, you carry yourself the right way, and you add value. And we talk about value added, right? It's not about right. you know, what, what you, you could do for somebody, but how do you elevate that person? You know, how do you take right. bring people to the next level? And that's kind of what he right. does for me I do for him. So, i you know, just thankful to have the relationship with him.
0: Damn, that, that's dope, man. It, mm-hmm. I mean, listen, I, I can only imagine if he's anything like some of the, 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 the videos I've seen of him talking to you know, a group of high school kids or college kids or a bunch of adults and business people. I mean, that's a that sounds like a blessing. That is a blessing. So any any new projects you're working on? I know you talked about your um, thinking about opening another Circle House Coffee. Any new yeah. projects you could talk yeah. about? I think for me. On?
1: Yeah, I think for me right now, man, it's, it's about, uh, you know, just on a financial tip. It's just about residual income at this point. Right. It's just finding right. ways to have passive right? right? Creating passive right. opportunities. Right. I think that's right. kind of where I'm at in my career and my life. Now I've played ball for many years, I've kind of kickstarted my business, which is cool. But now it's just about creative passive income. I think by doing that, it, it allows you to free your time up. Like you, you have your wife and your kids, you, know, you have your podcast, you can do certain things. That, you know, you're not managing right. certain things, right? So, right. creating those right. opportunities now for myself and putting things in place, and you know, it's about hitting singles and doubles, not grand slams, right? Just right. You build right. here, and you build here, and it's a pie, and it all works out together. And so that's kind of where I'm at as I transition to. I'm starting start my family here soon and doing what I got to do for my life. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I love real estate, man. I don't know if you're involved in it, but I, I, yeah,
0: definitely- I, I dabble here and there, but I'm, I'm definitely going to hit you up, man, because uh, I'm a part of this fund that we invest in anywhere from startups to late stage companies. And that's yeah. cool. But again, I have a, I have a itch for the real estate game. And one of my former college teammates, Josh Wilson, he played in the league for a bit of time, but when he retired, uh, well before we did, his family, he's in business with his family where they have a real estate company here and uh, the DMV area, and he literally sent me a deck yesterday, and I hadn't gone through it yet about, you know, he's hes in Southeast D.C., and if you're from this area, you know that. Northwest is like, you know, where it's more expensive. D- D.C. in general is, you know, is pretty expensive, but Southeast is where it's like up and coming. They're gentrifying a lot of those areas, but mm-hmm. But there's a lot of, you know, once you start diving into it, there's a lot of uh uh opportunities for black and brown folks, you know, different different perks to to invest back into the community. So, uh, so that's something that I've definitely had an itch for.
1: So I, I will say that, man, like we are in our mid thirties, man. And, and yeah, you are right, you know, those areas Cra uh uh they give money and grants to just be in those areas, but being that we're so young, my man, I think it's 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 best that we we, we start buying stuff now, right? Because mm-hmm. we have time to enjoy that. You know, going to those areas that right. are, are, you know, not as expensive are great areas. That places that are ran down, those are great areas to right. be able to capture that equity, to be able to have right. that swag. When you buy in now, and as time grows up, you know, you're passing that on to your little man and your family. You've grown right. so much equity and accumulated so much rent that you're double dipping on both sides of the pool. You're collecting yeah. every month you're building yeah. the equity so i think now is the time especially for our age to be able to accumulate that those properties build build that wealth that's how wealth is developed it's developed mm-hmm. through debt and real estate right and so yeah yeah if you, know how to, if you know how to balance that debt and balance your portfolio you know you're basically you know you know buying stuff for free you know what i'm saying that's, that's, just yeah. understanding and having those conversations i think is important even for athletes and us to be able to have those sit down conversations to talk about leveraging and the you know, diversification and you know what i mean capitalizing grants and different things that are there to have those conversations mm-hmm. and dialogue i think because we have we have the we we have a business degree in football and the football has taught us how to handle structured discipline accountability it's just not understanding the financial literacy part of it to kind of keep right. elevating and developing
0: how did how did you um how did you educate yourself what did you have another mentor in that area i know no, we've so, been coaching so- all of our life so i figure you know, yeah, so you have so what coach well, outside of football. Yeah,
1: so basically. during my career, I used to go to the NFL entrepreneurship program in the off season. So mm-hmm. I went to Stanford University in Palo Alto, California. I went to the University of Miami, University of Michigan, Stephen Raw School of Business. So I knew yeah. you know, DT put me onto that. David Thornton, He right, said, young boy in off season, right. man. Educate yourself. You, you didn't yeah. graduate college, you left school early as a junior. You know what I'm saying? Get that finance. It's free. You, you, the networking and what you're going to have is crazy. So right. during, during the off season, um, I, I, I signed up for Lincoln, LinkedIn and LinkedIn's account. So what I'll do is I'll reach out to all the real estate people in the, in the Detroit area and I'll, I'll send them a, like a message, they, you know, know you have this you know, this company or whatever, whatever, I'd love to have lunch with you. So I'd invite right. them to lunch, just give them tickets to the game and create relationships. So right. now I'm all, I can sit in the office and see how they work, the portfolios. You know, you know right. they, they don't need nothing for me, but we have a relationship where they'll teach me the game and be that mentor to me. And so right. that's kind of how I understood the real estate game. So when I left the game, I was able to kind of go on my own and start okay. doing something with, with, you know, obviously with consulting my advisors, but- but having an understanding of what I'm doing. I, I never want to get into things where I don't understand. If I don't right. if I'm, if I'm, if understand nobody else does, it's a problem. I want to go, you know, right. I want to be able to understand if people who've been there before, made the mistakes, can help guide me in the right direction. So mm-hmm. having those mentors and people who have created relationships through the business program, the NFL and through LinkedIn has propelled me to understand the nuances of real estate and how it works and how and yeah. doubles, not grand slams.
0: Yeah. You know, I have a buddy. Uh, that's a great point. I have a buddy, Mike Adams. I don't know if you know him, Pops. Yeah, playing yeah. in the league. So, yeah. So, we've always talked about, you know, co- forming this, like, this fund of – it doesn't have to be former players, but you know how it is. And when you're in the locker rooms and you hear guys talking about whatever interests outside of football may be, we kind of shun it. It's like, man, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, right. But if you're going to invest in someone outside, you know, of your network. You know quicker than you would the people that you know Correct. so he's always talked about creating this fun of me him and whoever else that has those same interests and i guess my question to you is have you have you been a mentor to someone else that's in that that field that's either a former player or not or have you done any business with any former players Oh,
1: well, some of my great friends cliff averill I'm, I'm proud of him man he does a lot of great work out in chicago and in seattle doing a lot of development a lot of multi family, Pio has like 80 doors now. That he wow. that he's uh he collects on a to to Whitehead, man, big fan, young boy. Yeah, Tahir. linebacker yeah. man, I play with him, mentored him. The same way DT mentored me, I mentored him and now he's doing great right. things out in Jersey with yeah. his family and you know has his own youth center and you know understanding, you know how it works, how to be a professional, to be a pro. There's a lot of other players that you know. I, I've worked with. Uh, I do a lot of work with the Dolphins. I do a Dolphins business boot camp the last four years. So I take okay. about forty players from the team. They come to Circle House Coffee uh, for a day or two, and I teach them about life as a player, transitioning, talking about checks and balances, how to yeah. start a business with the nuances. So I'm I'm grateful for the Dolphins, man, and Caleb Thor Caleb Thornhill to have. To use me as that liaison with the players. That's great. Now, the player, they come here and on the off day, and we sit in my office and we talk about different things and family and money. And you know, the things that we, we talk yeah. about in the locker room, I can talk yeah. about with them. Right, the right. Line. But it's, it's good to create those relationships. We do a lot with the NFL, with the, with, the, with the NFL Business Entrepreneurship Program. I'm a guest speaker for them now because I've been through those courses and I can come back and see how things move right. 360. And I can talk about right. my experience outside of that and right. what it's done for me. but. I'm constantly trying to find ways to educate myself, man. I think it's important, you know, reading books and getting understanding of, you know, we don't have all the answers, but, you know, podcasts and just trying to constantly develop our mind because we're first generation. Okay. I'm first generation, right? Nobody right. in my family has ever had the opportunity that I've had to be, you know what I'm saying? you had. Right. So now right. we've got to start teaching right. and creating a new normal. Like your son, you're going to teach him a new way of mm-hmm. living and thinking and checking balances and how to carry it, how to yeah. handle it. So right. it's, it's right. something else to do that. It's, you know, we have the gift to do that. Now we got to pay it forward.
0: Man, that, that's great, man. I I think that's a good place to to end this, man. I, I again, man, I want to thank you for your your time and your perspective, Tully, man. I again, I follow you like crazy from afar, and uh, we definitely got to get together next time I you come would. out to, uh, to or, Florida, one of these ski
1: trips, man. Get on one of these ski yeah, trips. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Have, have you ever tried it?
1: Uh, I'm at ski all the time. I, I'm in Aspen. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah. I'm in Vail. I'm in Breckenridge. I, I'm out there now.
0: Okay, okay. You, you go saw water solid in December. Was that? Do you uh you snowboard or ski?
1: I ski, but I want to get in the snowboarding.
0: Yeah, got it, got man. I'll tell you this quick one, then I'm gonna let you go. <laughs> so the first time I tried snowboarding, um, bro, it was it was an epic disaster, bro. I bruised my tailbone. I was out in uh Lake Tahoe for okay. a week, and you know it wasn't a lot of snow. It was like a ice skating rink, and that's no. the worst conditions, you know, to do anything right, ski right, or right. snowboard, man. Uh, the first day I had lessons, bruised my tailbone. Uh, for about two months after that, bro, I couldn't sit down normally, bro. No, Dang,
1: it, it was,
0: it was rough, it was rough, but you know, you know, being competitive on my can't, right, right. I cannot let this beat me, so I would show up every year after that. And now, I, now I'm now i good, now I'm good. So on you, the board.
1: You're, you're snowboard a snowboarder or skier?
0: Yeah, snowboard.
1: Snowboard, snowboard. Are, are you doing and, blues, blacks? What were you running at?
0: Yeah, yeah. The, so, I was in, uh, I was with Bonte.
1: Yeah, Vontae goes probably
0: yeah. a few months ago the last like weekend in, in Aspen. It was like April sometime and that was the first time I done a double black. Like I can do the blacks Ooh. and the double black was real. Hey, like, a- that was real, bro. Double <laughs> that black? was real. Double black. Listen. You know, I was I was, you know, I had a good day. It was like one of the la- the last day before I was leaving. I'm like, "Man, I've done blacks and I can do blues and I can get off the chairlift and I'm good for the most part." But the double blacks and Aspen, yo, this joint—you let, let me put it like this—it curved right, and you can only see—you couldn't see where it curved because it was so damn steep, steep. yeah, and it was so hard because it was un—it uh, wasn't groomed, right. so it was like a mogul doing yeah, mogul.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. you know those
0: moguls—they yeah. take a lot at you. So halfway down, we had to stop and t- take a break. It was like, man, we we got to take a break because I'm. If this is like this the whole way down this is gonna be
1: uh we well, you know, about what 10,000 feet at least yeah yeah 10,
0: probably five. 10 11 whatever right. aspen's deal is but uh i got through it man i got through it. i didn't fall but it, it was it was challenging yeah. but uh that's something you got to get up for but again man i i thank you for your your, your time and A lot of love and, man. and uh much respect attitude. to you man yeah uh we gotta get together soon man we definitely gotta you know, i want to pick your brain about some real estate you know opportunities Absolutely. and Absolutely. and see if uh my buddy josh i definitely want to connect you guys because he's in the real estate out here he's got a he's sitting on quite quite amount of property here so yeah. we, hey, we, we, we got to
1: find we got to find a way to put something together for some of the players man to get together and just have a meetup. no up
0: doubt no doubt before, or man. even even you see these line these tight ends doing like some kind of you
1: yeah
0: tidy you I mean, I don't see anyone doing that for the LBs, man. And We're, we don't we get a start, lot of we can, credit. We
1: can start that. We can start it. We get London. Yeah. we Get a couple of guys.
0: Yeah. We meet yeah.
1: up somewhere a little weekend and just put our heads together.
0: Yep. And everyone brings their their talents, and you know, right. you 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 got the business. Your business savvy. You got you know you you kick started that. We can all bring our own little tools to the to the to the table. So again, man, I'm gonna get you out of here for real good this love, time, man. Yeah.
1: Appreciate man. Much love, you. man.
0: Yeah. Good, good seeing you, bro. Good seeing good you, bro.